Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. This is Brian here with Dave and Paul. And today, for the first time in a long time, we are going to be talking Disney Plus's juggernaut Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. This is going to be season three, episode one, also known as chapter 17 overall. And this is going to be entitled the apostate and before we get into everything hopefully this show mandalorian this is one of the only star wars shows that we cover here but hopefully you like what you hear throughout the duration of this episode and maybe you want to check out the rest of Bingetown tv stuff well i'll tell you what you can find all of our episodes of all the shows that we've previously covered we like doing stuff like star wars so we've done the boys we've done the haunting of hill house a haunting of blind manor i always go to those two peaky blinders is another (laughs) one house of the dragon they are good ones uh all of that can be found on bingetowntv.com and the easiest way to support the podcast if you like what you hear is to just hit that follow button hit that subscribe button whatever it may be however you are listening to this right now there is a way to follow bingetown tv so hit that button and i hope you enjoy the rest of the episode but here we go, guys. Speaking of <laughs> things that we we covered, um, you know, last time we talked Star Wars uh, on the season two finale for Mando. I'm pretty sure I promised you, Brian, that I would have Clone Wars watched by season three. <laughs> I think we yeah, both man. did. So, we both I'm, did. <laughs> I'm a son of a bitch. I did not watch it. I am yeah. sorry. But it's been a while, so uh, might as well catch up. I did watch Book of Boba Fett, though. Did not... Hey. I've not been watching Andor or Bad Bash, but Book of Boba, obviously, because of Boy Mando. Hard reps at the end of that one. What about you, Tall Day? Uh, for me personally, with you, I have to throw myself under the bus as well. You know, Clone Wars is definitely B-Toms hounds us. Even even in the breaks that we had from this from last season to this one, B-Toms always hounds us to get Clone Wars done. And me and Paul never do it. It's going to get done. It will get done. Um, I'm currently in the process. This actually sparked my interest of wanting to watch Andor because I had heard such amazing things about Andor. So I've just started episode one of Andor. Book of Boba Fett. I had we have a diehard friend, um, diehard Star Wars friend Dave Smith, who has preached before that Book of Boba Fett wasn't his favorite, you know, Star Wars piece that he's seen ever. So it made me less hyped to want to watch it. So that's why I've been kind of staying away from that but b tom's off pod just before we started this recording was mentioning that five six seven are the the episodes that you should invest into boba fett and i've 
I've generally heard about the endings of Boba Fett, so like I kind of know what happens, but it's still, I think, in my mind, worth it just for the the knowledge drops and everything. Especially now that we're coming back to Mandalorian, it's good to just kind of get as much newer information as we can with these new universe that they're developing with Star Wars. But good to be back with the Mandalorian. The show is great. Episode one was a little bit slow. I mean, not really much happened, but it's good seeing our boy Pedro on screen. Love seeing Grogu back on the screen. I was. It, it was an easy 30 minutes to get through for sure. This actually gives us a cool opportunity for the listeners that I didn't watch Book of Boba Fett either. Dave, were you confused about anything this episode? Because there were there was a few things that you needed to catch up on. For instance, did you notice he wasn't flying the Razor Crest? No, I didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Dave is currently outing himself as not a very good Star Wars fan. That's what's happening right now. If no, you well, recall, Dave, <laughs> the Razor Crest got blown up uh, like episode six or something of season two. So he right. was without a signature uh, a starship. If you're, you're right. being you're if we're being right. honest here. Uh, so what happened? All this is to say Dave has not watched the Book of Boba. Therefore, there is. The a gap of information that was provided in Book of Boba episodes five and six specifically. Uh, both of those, Paul, I mean, they were Mandalorian episodes. They could have had yeah. those two as stand like the first two episodes of this season and nobody would have batted an eye. I'm pretty sure Pedro Pascal had more lines than anybody else, even though it was called the Book of Boba Fett. Um, but I'm not <laughs> trying to put Dave in the dirt here because he is the only one out of all of us that has an like legit lightsaber, um, customized and everything. So I can't talk any smack. It but, is yellow um, too. It is yellow. Got the yellow but, <laughs> crystal in there. Oh my god, that's sick! But for the other listeners that didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, obviously, oh my god, I was gonna say. Not the right name. His name's Dar Din Jaren, right? Din Jaren. Yeah. I was going to say Darn Jin, and I was like, I know that's not right. Um, Din Jaren. So he. Everybody is, just knows him as Mando. It's is, so hard he, not to call I him know. Mando. But it's going to be tough this season because it's there's going to be a lot of Mandos. So there might be a couple trolls thrown in there too. <laughs> yeah. It's like calling like yeah. you, Brian, like Whitey. But anyway. Things that if you didn't watch Book of Boba, obviously Grogu is back together. Um, he trained a little bit with Luke, but he's back with Din Djarin now. Um, what is the mechanic's name? I will never remember her. Peli Mato. Peli. That's what it yes. was. Um, How did you back. feel about that? See, honestly, the more that they show that chick, the more endearing she becomes. And the more like I'm like, oh, I don't hate her that much. She's kind of yeah. funny, cracking me up, cracking her jokes. Uh, but yes, in Book of Boba, Mando did get this new fucking souped up starship, uh, Naboo N1 Starfighter from Pelimato. It was a really cool montage, honestly. They were working on it like a muscle car, but this thing, I like the new shit. It was Personally, badass. I'll talk, I'll talk a little bit more about my lack of knowledge when we get to this scene, because yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. was confused for a little bit there, but we'll get there when we get there. But, oh man, it's so good to be talking about Mandalorian again. I mean, this show has been the best Star Wars content. I think personally, I mean, I can't really say I'm only one episode in into Andor and I haven't seen Book of Boba Fett, but just from universal consensus, it sounds like this is by far and away like the best new Star Wars content like they've released. So I'm glad this, to I'm glad to be back here talking shop with Mandalorian again. Pretty much safe Star Wars, I would say. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it did. It really Oh did. yeah. They've come out with a lot since that has been 
pretty good. But I think the general reception to the Disney trilogy of movies was overall negative. And then Mando came out to critical acclaim. And that gave them the green light to invest so heavily in the franchise. And that's why we have series like Ondor, et cetera, et cetera. So tip of the cap to Mando, shouldering the load like a game of Overwatch where the three of us are in the lobby. I just have to carry yeah. the squad. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, no. That's why they call me the Mandalorian. Anyway, um, I think we should be just about ready to get into this episode. And the opening scene is kind of random. I honestly thought it was a flashback to like previous times, uh, but we do get a familiar I almost said familiar face, a familiar helmet revealed in the armorer um, and also the heavy infantry uh, troop. We have seen him before. So those were clues that this is the same uh, Mandalorian covert that we have been seeing for the previous two seasons. Uh, last time we saw them actually in Book of Boba, they were down to just the armorer and that guy, his name is Paz Visla. He's kind of the blue heavy infantry guy. Um, so since that time, they have rallied their numbers and they have relocated their covert to an unnamed planet, but they got a nice cave going on. Uh, they have to defend against crocodile turtle attacks, but other than that, <laughs> they're initiating new members. Um, and this scene was pretty cool because we, we saw just that an initiation of a new member, which for Mandalorians, is the form of them being presented with their helmet and swearing to the Mandalorian creed, which has been alluded to. It's the essentially code of conduct, the rules that the Mandalorians live by. Uh, Din has alluded to them in the past, but we kind of see this ritual happening. Uh, so what are your guys' thoughts on everything going on? Coincidentally, the kid is Jimmy Kimmel's son. So random. Oh, didn't know wow. that. Yeah, right. not to uh, talk smack on Jimmy Kimmel's son, but I was like, oh, is this a flashback? And then the kid opened his voice and it was the nerdiest voice of all time. Uh, my name and my name of all my ancestors. I was like, OK, so that's not Pedro Pascal. I thought it. I I'm glad you brought it no, up. He was fine. Because I totally thought it was a flashback. Like, I thought this was mm-hmm. Jin's original like coronation. Din. Yeah. Din. Is that it? Din. Yeah. I guess. Din like a dog. Jaren like a genie. Okay, Din's um, initiation <laughs> into the Mandalore, but because you know he kind of th- it did look like a younger version of him, and it, I thought it was going to be a big part of Mando's story in the current day because they're talking about you know, you know, I, once I put on this helmet, I'll never take it off, but it gets cut off. The kid's vo- like gets cut off from saying in the full sentence because the crocodile yeah. shows up. So I'm like, oh, so Din never said back in the day. That he was ever going to take his helmet off. He never got to finish his uh, initiation, but that was completely shut down by him saving the day. They're fighting this crocodile turtle, whatever, and push comes to shove. Mando comes in and saves the day by hitting it with the starfighter. But were you guys a little like, why can't the Mandalorians like handle their business here? Aren't they supposed to be like the elite of the elite? There was like 20 of them. I was a little like, all right, guys. One little alligator turtle like you said just was able to and i even wrote down why even try to fight this thing like you guys are doing absolutely nothing like yeah it was it was bizarre all around but dave i want to ask you are you were you so disconnected since the last season which admittedly did come out in the year 2020 so it's been a while 
But were you surprised to see Grogu? Like, since you did not see Book of Boba, were you expecting to not have Grogu? That was one of the things that I knew happened at the end of the Book of Boba Fett was that they do okay. reconnect. So it wasn't too much of a surprise. The ship part, however, is now that we're talking about it, I did not know about. And I didn't even because when the ship comes in, I'm like, who could that possibly be? Especially when I was thinking it's a flashback. I wasn't even assuming it was uh, Mando. But then they you Queen know, Amidala of Naboo. Yeah, it's got to be. It's go. the only. That's that ship, right? But um, yeah, I was did not expect to come. I, that was the thing that most surprised me was definitely the new ship. Honestly, it was a badass fucking showing right off the bat. I do agree that the the Mando's fight against this crocodile thing was a little cheesy, especially when they all start shooting their wires from their like wrists compartment yeah. and they're all i'm just like your arm would just get completely ripped off yeah. there's you really think you're gonna hold it down like yeah it's not so that was yeah. the one thing that i was like yeah kind of whatever about but i think it was a good showing from the ship being a new being my first time being introduced to the ship yeah and i i, I get what they're doing they're opening with like a big spectacle to really catch you uh while also showing that mando or i guess i should say din is like becoming more and more of a leader in like I guess the these people's eyes like he already has the dark saber he's the only one that like came in yeah. and could do anything against this guy so I think it's slowly starting to build to that but Dave I I was thinking the same thing and I know it's not really the actor's fault because they're like all right stand here and act like there's like a 20 foot monster in front of you like you mm. don't see anything just pretend it's yeah. there and like run away so like it looks not great. I mean, the CGI was amazing. Looked like, great, yeah. Yes, mm. it's it's the the choreography, I guess you could call it, about running away from it versus just standing there on the beach while it's like twenty feet away from you, yeah. not doing anything. Um, that's the only thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and it felt like it went on for like eight minutes. It could have been just me, but it was like a long time of them getting their ass kicked before Mando yeah. comes in. But. Yeah. Before we move along, we kind of opened the episode with the armorer forger, uh, forging the kid's new helmet. And I just always love seeing those scenes with like the the flames coming out, forging the best guards. So dope. But speaking of the armorer, Din and Grogu kind of come out of the ship and they go back into the caves. And Din is able to have a one on one conversation with the armorer, which for the purposes of people who are coming into season three without having seen book of boba the armor essentially just reiterates exactly the mission that was laid out to din in the book of boba um essentially since he took off his helmet at the end of season two to like show grogu his face he is no longer a mandalorian they're pretty hardcore about this stuff he got excommunicated he is now referred to as an apostate uh and that is where we get the name of the episode here said it Oh my gosh, he said the thing. He said the thing. Um, but the only way to atone is to bathe yourself in the quote unquote living waters in the minds of Mandalore. We have so nothing cool. else to go on, but just name dropping a lot of lore right there. Uh, so essentially, but he's like, wait, I thought Mandalore is like destroyed. It's poisoned. It, the surface turns to crystal, whatever. So he has to kind of do this. And yeah, what did you guys think about this conversation between the armor and Din? No, honestly, my first thought is, is there going to be a point in the series that he maybe does question whether he does want to stay Mandalorian 
and don the helmet forever or because he's shown it once is that has that cleared a path for him to maybe consider what um cargo was kind of talking about in this episode like a, a place of just retiring and not having to worry putting his blaster down not having to worry about hiding his face all the time just living with grogu so that was kind of the first thoughts that came to my mind were that is there going to be a point where din does question whether he does want to stay being a mandalore because this mission it seems like a lost cause. I mean, on paper, obviously, they can work it to 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 make it work. But I mean, if Mandalore is destroyed, then there should, you know, it's going to be difficult accom- accomplishing this missing a mission. So I just wonder if Mando Din is going to, you know, have thoughts about wanting to com- fully go through with this and returning to a life of just dedicating himself to the creed. Uh, I thought that this was just a really good scene of just setting the objective of you know season three like this could have been season three could have been called like the mandalorian living waters like that's that's <laughs> like what they could have thought because that seems like the objective um and it's just unique and cool because he's not trying to do anything crazy like before you know it was get Groku back to his people but now it's just kind of like seek redemption through for your religion almost so it, it's not necessarily like a normal uh objective so it's interesting um obviously he's not going to get there right away he never does he's got to do a couple side missions first um but yeah um i kind of enjoyed it and i did like the drop that he shows the piece of mandalorian writing to the armor and she explains that well if this is true then you know the rumors are right uh the all of mandalore must be covered in the, what is it called fusion so the working theory nobody really knows exactly what's up with mandalore but words like poisoned it's toxic uh i think specifically the armorer said like the rumors are true the solar fission turned the surface to crystal or crystallized fusion like rays yeah so like there's a lot of theories but very few people have actually like gone to the surface to confirm them i guess so nobody really knows what's going on but the propaganda, the the rumor is that it's the surface is completely ruined, and that's really all we're going off of. But to speak to you, Dave, there's also been kind of an intermediate presented to him between completely retiring and being that steadfast Mandalorian. We've seen Mandalorians like Bo-Katan who like take off their helmet and are a little bit yeah. more laxed with the rules, uh, not right. going too deep into it for a lot of the recent history of Mandalore, there's been two trains of thought. One is like a traditionalist Mandalore who is kind of like uh, Din in their mm. practices, like helmet on at all time, stick to the creed no matter what. And then there's, I guess we could call them the new Mandalorians that are a little bit more laxed. And if you watched Clone Wars and a lot of the other stuff, it goes a lot deeper into it. And I think they're going to explore some of those concepts in this series. Um, so I don't want to frame how you think about it too much, but there are generally two trains of thoughts amongst the Mandalorians. So did we talk to Bo-Katan later in the episode, and doesn't she say that the children of the Watch, a.k.a. the overly religious quote-unquote cult is what yep. some Mandalorians call it, shattered our people? So is yeah. she... So I, I don't I know the timeline is tricky, but I know you're saying these were more traditionalists. So 
Children of the Watch isn't necessarily a defined thing that I'm familiar with. However, farther back, there was a very established group called the Death Watch, which was one of the first like kind of splinter groups from the ones that from the Mandalorians that were a little bit more laxed and wanted to be pacifists rather than full on militia people. Um, So Death Watch. I can connect some dots. Children of the Watch. I think that's kind of what she's referring to. Okay, okay. that's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Children of the Death Watch. They just cut out the death. Children they of were, the Watch. Yeah, they were having recruiting problems with death in in their name. And again, I can't confirm um, that that is what it is because Children of the Watch isn't like a confirmed thing. But it that's definitely what mm-hmm. they want us to be thinking. And what I will say about Bo Katan is that. She's an interesting character because she has a crazy complicated history and has really been one of the only figures in, I don't know, she's really been the only character that we know and follow that has been around since like the Clone Wars days when Obi-Wan and Anakin were like young in their prime and has been influential in the history of Mandalore from like that point up until present day where we are in the Mandalorian. So she's kind of seen it all lived through it all. And I I think they're going to explore that character's history, but she has a lot to do with Mandalore's recent past in the past couple decades. I remember how excited you got when we got introduced to her in season two. And even Dave and I could feel that this was just an introduction and we knew she was going to be back and we were excited for it because, you know, it's the classic story of she's the rightful heir and it was taken away from her. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's going to be really cool. And I really hope that she is a main part of, of this season three journey. It's so um, hard to determine whether she's going to be like with Mando or, or sorry, Din or against him. I, I'm so curious to see because I could see them, you know, fighting over the dark saber, but I could also see her just being like, okay, you're kind of the man. Like, let's just team up and I'll just, you know, we can work side by side to get shit done. So I'm definitely well, that interested. That doesn't seem very Mandalorian <laughs> of her. I know it doesn't, but <laughs> Din, Din has a way with people, man, and Grogu. So. There was a really good scene in Book of Boba where Din is fighting with the Darksaber and actually hurts himself. Um, so then there's a training scene with the armor and she's trying to say, like, you're fighting against the sword, the Darksaber. And the big artillery guy in, in blue armor that Brian was talking about was like, hey, I'm the ancestor of the the smith that forged the Dark Blade." Like, So maybe- actually, he was the ancestor of the original... There's only been one Mandalorian who became a Jedi and was became a full fledged oh, okay. Jedi Knight. His name was Tar Vizsla, and he was the one who crafted the dark saber. This guy Paz Vizsla is our bulky artillery guy. He is a descendant of Tar Vizsla, which brings up the Mandalorians have clans. Those are like their families. Uh, Bo-Katan Kreese, that is her clan the creases uh visla is an influential clan and i have a feeling we're gonna um we're going to be introduced to clan ren w-r-e-n uh who has a prominent character from uh star wars rebels which is the other animated series that is going to be mandated homework for both of you (laughs) the the only reason i brought that up is because Mm -hmm. at one point this visla says to mando hey you know, maybe 
the you're fighting the dark uh, saber i'm sorry let me try that again maybe <laughs> the dark saber is fighting you because it, it wants to belong to me and i want to mm. challenge you for it and the smith looks at mando and is like hey like do you accept this challenge and he's like yeah all right let's go um so Oh, I don't sick. see Bo Katan just being like, "Hey, you can you can keep it now." Yeah, I'm waiting true. for her to I'm waiting for her to challenge him, but I don't know if she ever will. Yeah, um, at the end of the day, I'm just wondering if it's going to be friendly or if it's going to be you know a a, a a rival kind of thing. It yeah, kind of has to be both, as long as she wants to claim Mandalore and be the ruler, even if she's friendly with. In, it doesn't mean she's going to absolutely love the guy. Mm-hmm. Though I digress, I feel like we're going to talk more about Bo-Katan when we get to the final scene of this episode. That's really all we have with the armorer. She just reiterates what his quest is. Go to Mandalore, bathe in the waters, then you can be a Mandalorian again. Pretty cool mission. So... Before we can meet Bo-Katan, we have another side quest. Uh, so we enter hyperspace. Cool. And I, so cool. I want to hear your guys' thoughts because Grogu, something catches his attention. What are we thinking? So I feel like in one of the encyclopedias, a Star Wars encyclopedia, Pedia, um, that little AE symbol, another How I Met Your Mother reference. Um, but I feel like in one of them, I saw that there were these not interdimensional creatures, but just creatures of a higher level that seem to be traveling at the speed of light. Um, I wonder if it's only Grogu. I mean, Grogu is the first perspective ever that we've seen actually glimpse them in, you know, hyperspeed. So I think it has to do something with the, with the force. I don't know what exactly, but I thought it was awesome. Yeah. It must, it would have been hard for Din to miss those. I feel like it, it was pretty, they were pretty, shapely you could really make out a form at least in the background but yeah i thought it was really cool i mean i was just thinking of like finding nemo like the turtles kind of going through the tunnels and like it just reminded me of that a little bit um i think it's cool like paul said i mean they're traveling at light speed and they were like neck at neck with the ship so i hope we get an explanation for them later on Uh, it might be just a cool reference which I enjoyed it either way because it was really cool knowing that there are creatures out there that can just travel at the speed of light. And I guess you just wouldn't be able to see them unless you're going the speed of light. So I think that's just a really cool mind blowing thing that they included. All I can confirm is that it was indeed a cool reference, (laughs) but I love the theories. Yeah. Um, And then go Grogu goes from his little chamber and just snuggles up with with Din, which I I looked at my roommate and I'm like, he's just like the freaking cat, dude. (laughs) It just comes out of nowhere and snuggles up right on your lap. Dude, I it's funny you say that because I watched that scene and I was like, where's my cat? I need a cat, man. That that looks cute. Where they at? How far our boy Din has come from season one. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because look how far our boy what the hell? Grief Karga. I was going to say Keith Graga or something. <laughs> Grief Karga. Car- oh, my gosh. You could go a million ways. But look how it's far cold. our boy Grief Karga has come. Look how far the planet of Navarro has come. It is completely changed from the hive of scum and villainy that we saw in season one. Grief has cleaned up his act and the city's act um, and is trying to make this place a legitimate trade hub in the system, which is pretty cool. This yeah, for me. High- High magistrate now. That's pretty pretty legit. Mm-hmm. This for me was another kind of, I guess, reminder of how much time has passed because 
for me, just as watching season two and not seeing Boba Fett, the jump from what Navarro last was to what it is now, it made me start thinking like, okay, I've definitely missed a lot of Star Wars content in this in this time period because <laughs> it is complete 180 for this town. And I am happy for our boy uh Karga, uh Grief Karga here. And so it was definitely it was cool though. I loved seeing the town looked really nice and you know, the bar is now a converted school, which I thought was also <laughs> kind of funny. Um it awesome, reminded me awesome of American shot. Dad, where he's Roger's like, let's go to downtown so we can find oh, all the yeah. handy J shacks. So they're like, what? Like, this is a cafe now? What Helicopter the arms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it is crazy because we do get introduced to, you know, the pirates that he used to work with. And like, you know, his yeah. past life is going to come back into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, yeah. oh, man, you grew old and you settled down and he did settle down. But he didn't lose it because he still got that quick draw. Yeah, he's and, still a, he's still a badass. I mean, coming coming in the season two and then book of Boba Fett and then going into this, like they just love the old western quick draw in this. It's it's so good though. They make it work. I love it. They can do that standoff as much as they want with people just grabbing at their waist. I will eat it up every single time. The pirates, I thought they were the perfect amount of like Star Wars corniness that makes them like. It just works. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Can't explain it. Always has. Always will for me. Um, Yeah. And they name drop this guy, Pirate King Gorian Shard, who we do see his face later. I think he looks great. He could be an influential villain. He definitely has beef specifically with Grief Karga. Seems like he got a little bit perturbed, shall we say, that Navarro cleaned up its act and he can't conduct business there anymore. So a name to keep in the back of our heads, I think. I mean, absolutely. If you're going around calling yourself the Pirate King, fucking Roger, you know, out here, True. Then, <laughs> if you're the Kaizuko Oni, you know, it's it's a big name. And so I definitely imagine him being a, a maybe not like a level of, um, you know, maybe Bo-Katan threat, if you even want to call her a threat. But yeah. she definitely at least a villain that will come back later on. And I think I agree with you completely, Brian, that he looked Brian, I there. I said it this time again. <laughs> B Tom's sounds so weird when I say Brian, but hey, nothing wrong with it. Yeah, but I love the look, and I think yeah, if you're going around calling yourself Pirate King, you you definitely have a role to play in this in this uh, episode or show. Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, but what a lot of the beef was is Grief Cargo won't let them run Spice through here. Correctly, is that is that right? Or did they name drop the Spice? I thought they did. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm blending Book of Boba together because I know that was in there. But for I some think reason, you might be because I feel like I would have flagged it. But they're up okay. to no good, and they want to conduct bit uh, bad business on the planet. And grief's not having any of that. Could it end up in a turf war? I don't know. But you know, I'm really rooting for Navarro personally. That's just me, but I'm biased. Well, it's it's awesome. The next lines we get right after they send the pirates back in because he's like, let's be honest uh, or I'll be honest with you. I need a marshal. And yep. the first thing he says is what happened to Marshall Dune? Where is she? And well, like, she oh. got canceled by Disney. That's what happened. <laughs> but after she brought in Moff Gideon, she got recruited by special forces. A reasonable explanation, it. if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, as good as you could get for something yeah. like that happening. Yeah. Special forces, yeah. covert. We'll never see him again far away. Like, yeah. whatever. That works. Yep. Easy write-off. And then Gideon, what happened to him? And correct, that's Bill Burr, correct? Gideon is Giancarlo Esposito. 
As far as the Republic, they let Bill Burr walk away as if he was dead. So Wait, okay, yes, it's Gideon Moff. So what the hell? No, it's Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Oh my God! What is going <laughs> on? Why is anybody listening to me talk about? Yeah, this? why are we doing this? <laughs> so Moff Gideon was sent off to a war tribunal. So he yeah. was put in front of a Republic jury, assumedly. So knowing the Republic, they probably didn't kill him. So leaves the potential for him to be broken out of jail. But who knows? Mm-hmm. I kind of am rooting for it because I love Giancarlo Esposito. Just make him a villain in anything and it makes it better. So mm-hmm. those are Certainly. my thoughts and I'm sticking by them. No, but Mando's like, honestly, I don't want to be your marshal. I still got unfinished business. I have to bathe in the waters in the minds of Mandalore. Like you get it, dude. Totally cool. Um, but he says the reason I'm here is because I need my boy back. I need a droid to kind of guide me through Mandalore. I don't know what I'm walking into. And there's only one droid in this entire universe that I trust. And he is currently in the center of your town. Our boy, IG 11. I was hyped. Raise him from the dead, baby. I was, was so cool. fucking hyped, man. I, <laughs> IG 11 wasn't a very emotional character, but he did mean a lot to our boy, Jin and carried a lot of his weight um, for our squad. So, his weight was Grogu. He was he was Grogu's like babysitter for a hot yeah. minute there. And uh, brings up memories of Queel, who yeah. rerouted his circuitry and made him not an assassin anymore. Queel, yeah. the boy. It's got to He's got to come back. I mean, he's got to. <laughs> I mean, they've hyped it up so much that there's no way that they're going to fail getting him back together. And IG-11, oh, yeah. I wonder if he's going to come back and just be like, oh, it's you. You saved me. Well, I doubt okay. they bring Taika Waititi back just for a few lines of kill a target, kill a target. Right. But they could have. I don't they know. Could. Disney's got deep pockets, man. And Taika Waititi is probably bored. He'll he'll take a couple grand. <laughs> anyway, they try to revive IG-11. He reverts back to his old programming, tries to assassinate baby Yoda. And they're like, OK, this ain't working. And then they bring him to the species is called the Anzalins. Mm-hmm. And did you guys recognize them from the new trilogy? Yes, but I've only seen the newest movie once in theaters. I've never yep. watched it, so it was hard to recall the specifics. But they, he was the one that rerouted C-3PO to give the necessary information, which was arguably a pothole, but I don't know. Their vibe is they're just tiny master mechanics. And personally, I love these guys. Oh, yeah. Great. I think they're great. They're tiny Amazing enough to do those. With- yeah, the little detailed work. I, I love the way they speak too. They're just like I was so worried it. Grogu was trying to eat them rather than cuddle them like pets. I thought he was just gonna start <laughs> trying to nibble on some ears or something. I was like, no, Grogu, no, we need them that for IG eleven. Adorable when he starts hugging them from behind. Yeah, I was Grogu like, just oh. wants love. Yeah. Grogu just unless you're a frog egg, then he's like they eat you. Give me him, give me him. Anyway. They're like, he's missing his memory chip or whatever. They don't make him anymore. They're impossible to find. But if you find the part, we can bring him back to life and make him not an assassin. So that is like just a bonus quest. If we were playing a video game, that's like bonus, bonus quest way off the main quest. But, you know. (laughs) Okay, so now it's time to leave Navarro. Din 
pretty cute moment actually he's like okay to be a mandalore you don't just have to know how to fight you got to know how to navigate the galaxy so he's trying to like teach him how to be a mandalorian and this is a great trade-off because if you watch book of boba baby yoda kind of gave up his jedi trainings to go back to the mandalorian so it's good that he's not just like caring for him he's trying to teach him and raise him as a mandalorian just i live for this shit he'll have the knowledge of mandalorians and jedi so it's gonna be a beast when he grows up our little grogu Anyway, the scumbag from earlier, his name's Vane, doesn't matter. Actually, it might matter because he gets away. But Vane and his cronies intercept him in the Starfighter, and we know how this is going to go down. You fuck around, you're going to find out. But I love me a good Star Wars dogfight. Looked clean. The new N1 Starfighter looks crisp in the air, man, and he is just saucing these guys up. I loved it. Yeah, Yeah, it's... They've been doing these like chase fight scenes in space for how long, but they're still making it interesting, like and and not completely identical. So I mean, just hats off to them um, to make Mando even cooler. Just hiding behind asteroids, you see the enemy ship go behind it and never come out. Like it's it's pretty it's cool. It feels like Batman and like when all the thugs are just like the lights go off and all the thugs are like oh my god what's happening <laughs> as, as he was just picking them off one by one yeah his old ship was a pretty hefty size and so now he's moved to a more compact vehicle that seems to be a lot faster so it's it's, it's a cool lot just more seeing it's a lot more practical for what he needs yes. you know? well it's cool I'll, seeing him just having the the capability of being able to just fly anything almost and this definitely uh, i feel like suits him very well uh, in terms of practicality, Brian, I was going to say bounty hunting. Yeah, you know, I was just going to reel it back. How do you fit a body onto that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You're yeah, absolutely like the carbon right. freezer just or anything like that. Literally that tie it to the wing, dude. Just <laughs> yeah, with like, a, like, old like a horse, like a dead uh, dead deer on the hood of your car. You know, <laughs> yeah. Strap it on the on the roof of the the cockpit. I don't know. You just wanted to say cockpit, didn't you? It's the only part of the ship that came to mind. It's because I'm a child. <laughs> All right. So this dude, Vane, is the only one that survives. And then he's able to kind of just barely make it back to the Pirate King, Gorian Shard's mothership or whatever. This is where we get his face. I again have to say, I think he looks fantastic. He's like this seaweed pirate looking dude. Looks mm-hmm. great. So, and so, he's so, just swamp like, monster. <laughs> family guy no yeah I'm sorry. yeah Carter. i was with you i was with you i was just <laughs> i was on a roll man uh but he's like you think i'm just gonna let you go after you destroyed three of my shifts okay whatever surrender your ship and i will let you live and mando's just like kid never trust a pilot boom hits the hyperdrive oh, man you said he's pilot. gone you butchered it you butchered you it. did i thought i said he's- pirate <laughs> no, you said pilot. Ah, uh, I'm, I'm not doing it again. I just one suck. Job. I just suck. Yeah, you, you just lost like a li- dozen listeners right there. They're like, ah, I made it this far. And then could you imagine me. if Din Djarin messed up the line in in the actual moment? And he was like, made wait, it through production. Like, pretend I pretend I said pirate. Yeah. No, no, I meant like to Grogu. But Grogu anyway, would have that- said like, take me back to Luke, dude. <laughs> yeah, you suck. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> this but is BS. This highlighted that. What's what do they call it in fucking Fast and Furious? The nitrous button, like they, that was the mm. see you later. And they're like, "Holy shit! How do you, how do you fucking jump into light speed?" And they're like, "He he didn't. He, he was, was listing lazily to the left. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows some moves. <laughs> That's how he lost him, really." So 
Din and Grogu get away, zip away, and they have one last destination to go to, and that would be to visit Miss Bo-Katan Kree's on... Kalevala. Kalevala, yes, which is a planet in the Mandalorian system, so we're very close to Mandalore at this point, and Bo-Katan has been squatting at this Mandalorian castle, using it as her seat of power. And when we get to her, Mando immediately offers his services. He's like, hey, I want to join the cause. You're trying to retake Mandalore, right? And she's like, nah, bro. Once I showed up without the Darksaber, everybody split because they didn't respect me anymore. Is she a little pissed? Yes. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think? What What do you like? How do we feel about Bo-Katan in this moment? Well, like everything she's fighting for, like they had that whole stolen fleet that they were like, had at the end of season two that they were going to use but apparently like the rest of her crew just took it and said see you later and now they're just mercenaries with it and i'm like all right well i feel bad for her like she she believes that this fight is like her birthright and now she has like no army to go along with it so feels kind of shitty she rocks the shit out of that throne though the way she was just kind of like lounging over the arm that was gonna be my first that was gonna be my first comment was she looked like a fucking badass sitting on that she belongs up there yeah in that empty throne room i do actually feel bad for her even though i feel like you know we haven't got enough of her for me to be like oh she's you know a total asshole or she's actually good i do however feel bad for her but when she says to to din like oh you should just show up to them and show them that you have the dark saber they'll listen to you i'm like yeah you should fucking do that because then Mando would just have a whole squad behind him just wielding the Darksaber. I'm like, that sounds like a pretty good uh, season finale if you want to get there. But I, I'm overall, I do feel bad for Bo-Katan, though. Like Paul said, she lost everything that she's been really fighting for for her entire life and just in the blink of an eye with not having the Darksaber. And that would obviously go into her having probably more resentment to Din than she already has for him. So again... Don't know how that's going to play out with their relationship, but it will make for good content when it does come to the point that we have to make a decision on how they're going to approach the situation. Yeah, to go off that, Dave, like you said, she already has some like contempt for Din Djarin. Like mm-hmm. she already said, like I don't really think your religion is real. I think it's over the top. When she's talking about the mines, she's like, all they did was give us Beskar. Like there's nothing supernatural about it. Yeah, like it's literally all it did was give us material. So. Um, I gotta believe that there's more in these waters. Maybe not. Maybe he gets there and he's like, "What the fuck? This is just water." But uh, it would be cool if there was like some supernatural. Um, I'm I'm sorry, not supernatural, but like truth to the religion that th- the they worship. Could be like a special type of water that causes the best car to like start being formed there could be some like minerals or materials in the water that make it and then that's why it's so special to them i literally just pulling shit out of my ass but <laughs> but as of right now they think these like living waters are poisoned and stuff like yeah. that so yep. i'm thinking we get there in like three four episodes i don't think we're going there soon i think he's going to have these side quests first but i am so does. excited like this is the most excited i've been in anticipation of the rest of the season Mm-hmm. this show has just always been solid i mean we, again this was a slower episode it's just to kind of reiterate what had happened at the end of boba fett it seems like as well as introduce you know new plot lines for the story and they only did it in 30 minutes so really not too much happened here for us to cover mm-hmm. but 
still just great seeing you know the 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 mandalorian helmets on screen they're just so badass it really and seeing grogu on screen obviously they just bring emotions out within me that i just i i'm here to watch the show for you know i love mandalorian this has been a great star wars show and the continuation of it i just can't wait for it. Is this do we know how many seasons it's supposed to be like is this it or is yeah. there like is there ever a confirmation that they're like okay mandalorian is getting five seasons not that i'm aware of nah not that i'm aware of either but they could fucking milk this baby for 20 as, as far as i'm <laughs> concerned if they keep the quality up and and dave you were talking about like how this show pulls emotions from you that other shows don't mm -hmm. i'm like just in a transition scene as soon as he lands on uh navarro you see the fucking monkey thing that job of the hut had yeah. that always like cackle laugh behind him and they're yeah. just there now and i'm like oh my god this is so cool man it really does make you feel young it's just so nostalgic like, it really is yeah. and, they, and it's not like too much at least for me it isn't yet i can see why it would be like a maybe an oversaturation for some people but these are just great i love it i feel yeah. like they're starting to figure out the formula of what works and what doesn't paul that scene was fantastic be because aside from that like they had the six-arm droid like chef and stuff up they had like the same well, not the same, but they had like four different species of aliens, like playing those alien instruments in the street. Oh. And it sounded very much like something you'd hear in the cantina. It's just like yeah. quintessential Star Wars stuff. They're think, they're like nailing it. I feel like they're, if you want to call it an experiment with Marvel, is helping them succeed with Star Wars in the sense that like they're realizing with Marvel that they're just putting out so much stuff that it's kind of causing the franchise to take a hit a little bit. And I think for Star Wars, they're like, okay we're not going to do what we did with with Marvel and just put out a bunch of shit like we're going to just make the content that people want and need to see for this to be like a well-rounded universe to compete with, you know, Marvel or something like that. For sure. And Dave, you said you're watching Andor. I think you're really going to enjoy it. That was that was one that I I thought it was just great. I really mm -hmm. did. Um and any lasting comments for you guys? Sweet. Episode one of season three in the books. I thought it was a pretty good one. Definitely set us on our course for the rest of the season. I'm expecting a lot of Mandalorian culture, heavy material. I want to see Mandalore. I want to meet some familiar fate or see some familiar faces from maybe the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. I would love to see some of those animated characters brought to the live action. Um, so a lot to look forward to, in my opinion. Dave? Really quickly to end things off, <laughs> who was the main uh, like big villain that they had brought up in like season one or Grand two and admiral thrawn that's who we're that's who i'm waiting for i'm still waiting on uh him to come into uh, you and me play. both man <laughs> well that's gonna do it for us that is season three episode one chapter 17 the apostate of the mandalorian you better believe we are going to be following the mandalorian week by week episode by episode we're going to be deep diving it all dave's going to keep forgetting the content it's going to be fantastic as always, if you like what you heard, give Binchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BinchtownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Binchtown TV. And may the force be with you. Mm. Mm. Fucking curveball. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.